everybody. Welcome to Read This, Read That. I'm Jackie Reed. I'm Joanne Reed. Cousin, how are you doing? Exhausted. <laughs> you are. Wait, there's a vacation coming. My vacation is coming, and it's going to be after having worked, I want to say, three seven-day weeks in a row. Right. Yeah. I've been, so I've been on. Really e- straight 21 days you've been working. Pretty much. Not Because yeah. the days off for you consist of work. Right. So I've been working, I've been doing fill-ins Mondays and Fridays and book stuff Tuesdays and Wednesdays and sometimes, yeah, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and also some fill-ins on Thursdays. But between the book and work here at MSNBC, I've been, I have not had a day off in three weeks, I think. And this is just, things for you are pretty busy anyway. Yes. But this is the season that you are in because of the book release and because of Trump. Because Trump stuff was always constant. Yes. And the, and the summer work schedule of other people of that other you're people. filling in for. Yes. So it's been a lot. And I just sometimes I can't remember what I'm going to fill in. So I have to remember <laughs> where I'm going. Thank God for Hank. And you know Hank. Hank's my producer, my major domo. He's my sidekick. And thank yeah. God he's here because I wouldn't even know where I was going in the morning. He is your man Friday. He's my man Friday. He is your man <laughs> Friday. And he is so much fun. He is like by your side. Whenever you see Joy on set on MSNBC, Hank is a stone's throw away. He's a stone's throw away. <laughs> and he's been on camera. So people got one one little taste of seeing Hank on camera because uh, Hank has a delightful personality, as everyone here knows. He I is love him. so fun. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was like, you know what, Hank, you should do some of these interviews. So we did some interviews on the show. And I can just tell you as a preview, you're going to see more of Hank doing interviews because he really is great Shut at up. interviews. Because you know what? He's so likable. Yeah. He's just so damn likable. Yeah, put your, you put your guard down and then he can come in with the killer guy. Gotcha he gets question. in there and he gets you, and people just like to talk to him. So I, yeah. I have plans for Hank. I have plans. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, I love that he is in your life. Yes. Um, and, and we are sort of a sitcom. Like, you and I are a sitcom in, in, in a way. Oh, my God. But he and I are, a, are another sitcom. You so got I have two lot. sitcoms. You got a lot of sitcoms. I got a lot. Got a lot of sitcoms. Dang. You and your animals is a whole Ooh. other sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> Last night, um, our, my the middle child, Jamar, tried to hand me the cat. And he asked me, like, what's what the you... cat's name? Let's see. Isis. Well, okay. Mr. Isis. His name is Mr. Isis. We used to think he was a girl. It's a long story, but he's a boy. So uh, <laughs> so his name is Mr. Isis. And um, he, and so Jamar asks me, uh, what do you think Isis is thinking on a daily basis? And I said to him, this is, I, this is my impression of Isis. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I got to shit. I got to shit. I got to pee. I got to pee. I got to pee. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Will somebody pet me? Will you pet me? Please stop petting me. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Pet me again. No, don't pet me anymore. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I got to shit. 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 I got to pee. And see. And see. That's his life. That's oh, and I'm tired. I'm asleep. And when he's not thinking, he's asleep. Right. You're leaving. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sleeping. Because when I come home, he's asleep. When I leave in the morning, he's asleep. How old is this cat? About 14. Well, it's an older cat. That's what they oh, do. Oh, no, he was always like that. <laughs> Is he still using the litter box? Yeah, unfortunately. Constant. I mean, when I tell you this cat shits and pees all day and all, I don't even know mm. how he, he's not even eating that much. And we put the food on his cat house. You know, he has one of those things when you yeah. climb up because he's so fat that we're like, he needs exercise. So we put the food at the top. And so when you put the food, we had the food at the top so he could have to climb up and eat. And but what first he would you do, all overfed him, and now you punish him to make him eat? No. He, <laughs> we put him, him up there so he would work for his food. But then you know what he would do? He thinks he's Julius Caesar. He gets at the top, and when the food is empty, he bats it off like Caesar. Like, I would too. get me more food, human. I, I would aim it at you. He would just so knock mean. it off. And we're like, bitch, why are you knocking it off? What are you doing? You also get a little cat collar and walk him around the neighborhood. Oh, please. <laughs>
I don't even want to walk the dog. I'm not walking two. Oh, my God. Oh you my should walk God. them together. This is yet another sitcom. We've got, like, spinoffs to the main <laughs> sitcom. We have so yeah. many spinoffs to AM Joy. Yeah, so I many spinoffs. All my little animals. Uh, so what's your wind down for this week? Or was that your wind down? <laughs> no, my wind down is 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 a, it's a little cuckoo crazy. Okay. okay. So, so the book thing has been fun. It's been exhausting. One of the things that we did is we went to Uncle Bobby's. Thanks very much to our lovely producer. Please tell me about this white lady. <laughs> Our lovely producer hooked me up, so thank you very much, um, Nina, for getting me hooked up there. So we go to Uncle Bobby's, which of course is Mark, um, which of course Mark is Lamont Mark Hill. Lamont Hills, his bookstore, bookstore in Philly, which by the way is gorgeous. Yeah, it's so cool. So we we end He's up bringing back the love of books and bookstores. Yeah, and his uncle has this amazing story. He was this guy who inspired him. He came back from World War II. He's got this great story. So his uncle Bobby is the is the you know the guy who inspired Uncle Bobby's. It, we ended up um, having so many people RSVP that they moved it to a nearby right across the street. He also rents this church, this church that's shut down, but it's a big, beautiful old church. Yeah. So we did it in there because so, there was a lot of people canceled. So Thank God everybody came. Thank you all for coming out. So we're doing this event. We're talking about the book. We're having a cool conversation. And then this lady came up. Because, you know, they do the Q&A. <laughs> and this lady, um, so the lady, it was a white lady. And there were, you know, the crowd was pretty mixed. It was a mostly black crowd. But there were a lot of, you know, it was mixed. It was mixed white, white and black folks. But she came up and she said, I don't understand why you have to talk about everything in terms of race. Why can't you just talk to me as a human? And I said, well, I mean, obviously you're a human. I can see that you're there. I mean, you're, you're a person. Um, but, you know, we have to have some honest talk about race. And as I'm trying to kind of answer her question, she keeps interrupting me. No, I'm a human. How? Why are you asking me? I, I make the race. Stop with the race. Why does it have to be race? And then as I'm trying to answer her question, she kind of lost whatever cookies were in her little cookie box. They fell all over what the floor. Crumbs? And then she fell on the floor. What? She went. The see, lady, I didn't see this on the video. Well, I did see her on her knees. Yes, but I didn't know what was going on. Anthea Butler, who's our friend, um, who uh, you know was there and, and lives in Philly, um, caught some of it on tape. And another person actually caught some of it on tape and sent my uh, my husband um, Jason the video. The lady literally crumpled onto the floor. She was so upset by the talk about race. As I'm trying to talk to her and trying yeah. to tell her, listen, we're not trying to hurt anybody. And you we're, we're trying very to help kind. you. I'm, you know, and so it ended up kind of being my little sermon. <laughs> I had to give a little sermon. You did. It was so, it was the strangest thing that ever happened. I mean, the woman literally crumpled onto the floor, yeah. eventually kind of crawled over to another person, a black person <laughs> that she had come with, clung onto their leg. And was just crumpled down on the floor. She was so upset. And this is the thing that I found interesting. She was performing exactly the thing about liberal, white liberals that, right. you know, that sometimes tweaks black people. Right. That, that the assumption is that because I'm liberal in terms of my social views, that means that in, that in my view, I, me as a non-racist, non-conservative white person means that you cannot talk about race. I'm the proof that you should stop thinking about race right. and just think about everybody as people. But the problem is racism still happens even if you are liberal, even if right. you're perfectly liberal and you're not racist and you're not mean to black people. Look at Donald Trump. And the fact that she feels that way means that she's oblivious to what's going on in the world, right. particularly in this country, Yes, as it, as, it, as it pertains to race. And, I mean, we live in New York. <laughs> and you have people in liberal New York that are fighting 
to not change the percentage of black kids that can get into the specialized high school. Oh, yeah. And protesting. Yes. Liberals. Yes. Saying, don't let any more black and brown kids in. It's not fair to my kid. Oh, yeah. Well, what is that? Mm-mm. That's racism, right? But they are liberal. They vote liberal. They vote Democratic. I think, you know, Dr. I don't King even know said if it. they do. Don't overall. worry about the moderate. I don't know if they can, though. That's the thing. It's so, you know, King talked about that, the moderate that prefers, um, you know, peace to justice. They'd rather have peace than justice. But it's the same people. It's the same people, and most of them are white, who just don't want to talk about race. They're afraid to talk about race. They don't want to it, it to exist. They think that we have transcended race, particularly right. since, you know, Barack Obama. Yeah. They think that at, that was, you know, hands down proof that racism in this country is no longer an issue. And they think Charlottesville and all of these other things that are going on around the country, you know, uh, black men being gunned down by police, all these things are just isolated incidents. That's right. And they try, and, and each time something like that happens, you do have this group of people who, in their own minds, are liberals, who say, well, that person must have provoked the police. Okay, in that instance, they must have done something wrong. Right. Well, in that there instance, has they to didn't be follow. There has to be something. And I think, honestly, Jackie... It's the same reason that you hear people saying that what Trump is doing is strategy. Because if it's strategy, he's not racist. I hear so many pundits on TV saying that the reason Donald Trump is saying racist things is it's a strategy. That's a huge excuse for him. Right. And they are some of the same ones who are not, you know, in the the pro-Trump They're not pro-Trump. But they're, you know, they're they're sitting on camera talking against what he's doing or complaining or criticizing him for what he's doing, but they still won't go as far to call him a racist. Correct, because they're saying it's just a strategy. Right. And, and the thing is, and, and the, what you want to ask them is, okay, it's a strategy to do what? Well, to get white people to vote, but get them to vote. Why? Well, to get them to vote because, because... Racism. racism. What he's what he's doing is clearly racist. A and I don't know why it's so uncomfortable for people to just admit it. And then second, if you're saying it's a strategy, but what is it a strategy to do to gin up racism? Because he thinks all white people are racist. Uh, Trump thinks everybody white is as racist as he is. And then if he just does a bunch of racism, he'll get all the white people on his camp. That's not me saying white people are racist. It's Trump clearly believing white people are racist, and proving that you know that there is a strong section of white racist in this country in his camp because what and and again you know not not book promoting but i literally sat down and read the studies like i i read them all like i went any study that i could find about the outcome in 2016 i read it and i could not find a single study and i'm talking about about half a dozen different people who actually did the data on this election girl i couldn't find one study that showed that economic anxiety made people vote for Trump. Not one. There is no data and to prove that economic anxiety, what produced votes for Trump was was what one might call racial anxiety, meaning that yes. I don't like the brown people moving in my neighborhood. I don't like when people speak Spanish in front of me. I don't like that there's more immigration from South America than there is from Europe. That's why you voted for and Trump. And I don't like the fact that I can soon become a minority in that this is, country. That is the main and thing. And those a lot of those people are people who consider themselves liberals. And, they, and, not, and don't consider themselves racist. They don't. And so the difference yes. is that people in their own minds may not consider that to be a racist reason to vote. But dig a little bit into why people... I like his policies on what? Immigration. Why? 
Why? If you dig a little bit deeper, people who themselves don't consider themselves racist at all, you had one block of people who voted for Trump because they're just Republicans and they'll vote for any Republican. It could be the devil. He's a Republican. They vote Republicans. That's one camp. You had other people who voted for economic reasons, wealthy, affluent. Remember, Trump's voters were more affluent than other white people. They weren't broke white people. They were affluent white, even if they don't have a college degree. They're a plumber or a cop or a fireman with money. They might have a second home and a boat, but they're they're considered white working class because they don't have a college degree. So he got non-college people, but not people who are poor because poor white people don't vote. Donald Trump's voters were not poor. Wait a minute. You have pulled me into an episode of AM Joy. (laughs) Stop it. You were talking about being at the bookstore. But anywho, the bottom line is that lady went on the floor and she was liberal on the floor, crawling around on her belly, real upset. Oh the end. God. What's your wine down? I'm drinking. I'm drinking. <laughs> it's like you don't even hear it. <laughs> okay, so my wind down is, so my boyfriend and I are sitting in the bedroom talking. <laughs> I know this is going to be good. Let me drink some more. <laughs> so we're sitting and we're watching TV. No, we're, the TV's down low, but we're talking about what we were going to watch. And we're talking about what, because he watches probably as much television as I. Like, we really love watching a lot of different TV shows and things like this. And we're sitting and we're talking. And uh, this was over the weekend. <laughs> you really are the perfect couple. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> He's a great guy. So we're talking, and I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but he was like, you know, well, this movie has this, this, and this in it. We're trying to decide what to watch. And I'm like, oh, but I heard this, this, and this about the movie. Then there is a third voice. And mind you, we're the only two adults in the house. There's a third voice that says, well, that movie, blah, 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 blah. It was Alexa. And my boyfriend, Stop. wait a minute, my boyfriend, Stop. shit, my boyfriend, Stop. I know it freaked him out. He said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> he said, nobody said Alexa. And he, and he yanked the thing. What? <laughs> what? It was so funny. What? It, I know it freaked him out, but you know, he's such a man's man. So he's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> nobody said, nobody said your name, Alexa. And yanked the thing out. I mean, yes, he did that because that's a fucking ghost shit. Why is it talking to you? Neither of us said the word Alexa. This is okay. First of all, that's terrifying. It's funny, but it's also terrifying. But she chimed in on the conversation. Literally, Alexa began chiming in on your conversation. What we were talking about. Okay, you know what? I'm sorry. Y'all laughing. I'm scared. (laughs) Alexa is spying on you. That means that Alexa, okay, Jackie, (laughs) that means Alexa is listening to your conversation and then coming up with its own thoughts. And you even called it her. That's creepy as hell. But let me tell you, because we've got Alexa in more than one room plugged up, right? Are you right? crazy? So I was like, hey, 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 let's not be nasty to Alexa. <laughs> I said, plug her back up. you think it's going to kill you? I said, plug her back up. She just wanted to get it on the cover. <laughs> I'm like trying to play good cop here. <laughs> you realize it's spying on you, right? Can I tell you a nightmare article I read? Yeah. I read an article that talked about the fact that these future smart technologies. Okay, don't let me start sounding like Andrew Yang up in here. One day, it's going to be so smart that you're going to be like, you know, I think I'm going to have some popcorn. And your smart microwave won't open. And it'll say, Jackie, you know you're on a diet. 
You're not allowed to have popcorn on your diet. I need that in my life. I was at the grocery store what? last night and I almost bought popcorn. You okay? But let's... something said to me, "Don't buy it." Thank God. Wait, what till it speaks? And then the <laughs> cart. You have the smart cart that you're trying to roll it down the art. You know, the aisle that has snacks and yes. sweets, and it says, "Jackie." You're not supposed to be eating sweets. We're not going to allow you to go down I'm this aisle. I'm not afraid of this yet. What? Yes. You, girl, you know this is tyranny. There should have been a smart car to stop Nicole Murphy from getting out of the car to go and visit with Antoine Fuqua in Nicole. Italy. <laughs> Nicole, you know that man is married. Girl, let's keep driving. And what happens when these smart technologies become self-aware and then all of a sudden you're in a Will Smith movie? That's why I was so nice, and I said, "Let's not treat her like that." You already being tyrannized her by Alexa, but you don't—I mean, you don't say that while she's right there in the house. <laughs> you don't get mad at Alexa and unplug her and curse at You're her. You're already afraid Let me tell of her. You, You're every, already afraid of her. Every time I say, "Alexa, what is the weather for today?" and she'll say, "Blah blah 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 blah," I say, "Alexa, thank you." Because you're scared of her. And she'll scared, say, admit it. And you're scared she'll of say, her. "Of course I am." <laughs> yes, I admit it. <laughs> I don't I don't want to take any chances. Give me some salt. <laughs> but yes, that happened. What if this Alexa weekend. decides one day to lock you in your house or punish you? You don't know what Alexa's gonna do to you. Well, we haven't hooked her up to the she can she can only Can just... she make phone calls? No. Well, yes, she can. We That's what I'm saying. She can call exact girl, get that out of your she house. She can't sound like me. Get I'm not that getting rid of Alexa. Alexa is too convenient. You are crazy. I can listen to so many things while I'm just walking around. Turn it on yourself. Alexa, play Altero. Anyone want to go dancing in the garden? <laughs> Does anyone want to go dance up on the roof? <laughs> and if you don't, I'll make it, because I'm Alexa. You have to do what I say. <laughs> Does anyone want to walk in, in the, the garden? And if you don't, got to do it anyway. Ba-boo-ba-boop. Put that popcorn back. Ba-dee-ba-dee-ba-boop. <laughs> and now you work for me. Ba-boo-ba-boop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you in trouble, girl. You in trouble, oh girl. God. Let's move on. Yeah. What are we drinking? Because Hold on. I, wait. Hold on. Let's, um, mm-mm. yeah, let's talk about what we're what drinking. What are we drinking? Because yeah. I need more of it. Because you done scared me. Now I know that I'm going to have to rescue girl. you from Alexa. He said, shut the up. <laughs> oh, he was so I'm angry. I'm with him. I'm with your man. Because he, and he's mm-mm. such a gentle soul. He is. I can't even imagine oh him yelling. Oh, my God. Honestly, I can't imagine it him yelling. It was like out of nowhere. <laughs> and she was like, blah, blah, blah. But he said, shut the fuck up. I was like. <laughs> he had the right attitude. I'm sorry. I'm with him. I'm I don't, with him. I think we're drinking Chiaria. Oh, is that's it? what I'm gonna call. Oh, wait, wait. Do we have that? This is the red. No, this is Italian red from Etna Rosso. Look at the top of is that. Is that what in this red. is? Oh, yeah, Chiaria. <laughs> Chiaria. <laughs> Chiaria. Italian red from Etna Rosso. This particular vineyard yes. is at the base of a volcano. Ooh. Mm. This light red wine has a hint mm-hmm. of black pepper, fresh raspberries. I could taste mm-hmm. that in plum. I tasted mm-hmm. that too. I'm lying. Out of a slight chill on the red. One day I'm going to throw your Alexa into a volcano <laughs> to save you. Skidby boop up. I see you, Joanne. I'm going to come back as your toaster. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> this, of course, is from our friend Moselle. Wines by Moselle make wine your religion. Wine mm. Church is an educational wine home delivery service created by Moselle Watson, the wine god. Yes. Each I... month, the wine god will send you four bottles of wine along with your personalized wine sermon, tasting notes, and food recommendations to help you understand wine and identify your palate. <laughs> Join the congregation at winesbymoselle.com. Now I'm in your car. You're going off the road. You thought you were going to throw me into the volcano. Skeet about beep bop Die, bitch. Die. <laughs> Use the promo code READ for 15% off your three-month subscription. It's all connected. You can't get away from it. Moselle going to be like... <laughs> Well, I got to be associated with these bitches. What is going on? <laughs> Winesbymozel.com. M-O-Z-E-L. <laughs> Get a bop You thought, thought me through, you thought you threw me in the volcano. But I'm back. <laughs> I'm back in your baby monitor. <laughs> Pause. Girl, can you believe that Child, happened? that is terrifying. It was. So we're going to do our guest. You're going to end up in the upside down. You better be careful. Well, all you got to do is get some lights <laughs> and figure out what I'm saying. It's going to be up to you to rescue me when I disappear. I'm going to only live in your IFB <laughs> when you're on air. Help me. I'll be in upside down. Alexa, lock me in here. Can you let me out? Oh, my God. All right, now time for some topics. Let's talk about Fear the Walking Dead, which you are behind on. I'm so far behind. Oh, my God. So yeah. we're two weeks away. Did the you know, done the bail on us already. <laughs> so, so we're like a week away from the mid-season finale yes. of The Walking Dead. Okay. Um, and I'm how, three weeks behind. You're three weeks behind. Yes. Okay, so I won't spoil anything for you, but I do have a headline for you. So the the trailer for what's going to happen next season on Fear is out. And we do know we had this scare that Alicia, uh, she was killing walkers, those radioactive walkers, and she got their blood in, their, in her mouth. She's, she looks like she's going to survive because we okay. see her in this. In the next, yeah. We know that Morgan is now teaching her the ways of, you know, his meditation. Yeah. yeah. He's teaching her those ways so she can use her anger for good. Yes. Um, but Fear the Walking Dead, a cryptic tree message has fans suspecting Madison will return. Oh, come on. The mother. Babe, no. She could be coming She's back. She's dead. No. We, we never saw her no. die. No. We never saw no, her body. No, no, no. no listen. You know what? If they bring her back and then they bring Rip back on The Walking Dead, I give up on the whole series. <laughs> and I heard there's going to be a third Walking Dead, by the way. Their trailer is out. There's a third With one. all of these kids that we see in this particular season. And you said don't have no kids, but they did, and now they've grown up. I'm at, no, these kids are still teens. This is like the Twilight kids. Right. You know what I mean? They're all these young kids yeah. that are part of this season of Fear the Walking Dead. And I, I'm mad at all of them because yeah. as we always get at these young kids who make so many of the mistakes because yes. they're kids. They're kids. I mean, Alicia and Morgan and the gang risk their lives time and time again for th this season for these kids. But we see so much of them because they're going to have their own spinoff. They're going to have their own spinoff. Interesting. So, so Walking Dead is now going to be gonna bring three back. different shows. 
and movies because we saw a, a glimpse of a movie trailer, like that's a little glimpse too. of something. Yeah, that's all happened. I so know. Madison about the mama, could be coming back. My my only image of Madison ever for the rest of my life is her going, "Are you okay, Principal? <laughs> Are you okay? Can I help you?" He's for the last a time. She did not know. Whatever. She didn't know. So okay. So Stay moving dead. on. Our next topic. Cardi B. Um, is apparently a big Bernie Sanders fan, and she okay. sit, sat down with him and did a one-on-one uh, interview with him at a nail salon. <laughs> <laughs> she get her feelings. She calls him Daddy Bernie. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, and I know a lot of you, a lot of her fans are probably Bernie fans. Bernie's main fan base are either really old progressives or really young people. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. I think just as a branding idea, it's not a good idea for her to align with any candidate. I think once, I mean, look who's been really smart is AOC. AOC has been playing it super coy because people assumed she was going to be but with Bernie. But she's a congresswoman. She's, I know, she's, she's not still, an, an entertainer. She's not, but she does have a fan base that's very similar, very young people. Yeah. And if I were Cardi, well, don't make a choice, Cardi. I was going to say very similar, probably a little different. It's slightly different, but I'm just telling but you. But very are, young. They're young. Her in people, the demographic. Age-wise. Yeah, age. I mean, age-wise. And the reality is, I personally, as a branding thing, keep it loose. Be prepared to be for anybody. Don't well, be for Cardi, one person. If someone challenged Cardi to a debate, and she said, listen, the only thing that I'm trying to do, she said, was to encourage young people to get out and get involved in the process, no yes. matter who they're voting Good for. for. She's yes. like, this is who I'm a fan of. Yeah. This is who I like. And she liked him back in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, listen, I, her overall goal, she did say, yeah. was to just get young people what involved in the couple, process. What an odd, he's so grumpy, I, he and is, she's so but funny. He is leaning into it. Of course he is because he's going down in the polls. Elizabeth Warren is eating his milkshake, drinking his milkshake and eating his lunch. But I... <laughs> Kitty has claws. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I'm just going to say right now I'm not for anybody. I have, no, I have no dog in the fight. I'm just telling you what's happening in Why the polls. Why are you winking at me? I'm just saying what's happening in the polls. Why are you winking? I'm not winking. <laughs> I'm drinking. <laughs> Let's move. Did we get the bell? Where's the bell? I'm like, uh, now I'm like Joe Biden. Seconds. I think my time is up. As Joe Biden would say, I think my time is up. I can't with these debates, man. I can't either. It's too many By people. the way, can I just say we have a hint. There's a hint that one might drop out. I'm going to stop right there. There might be one more drop just out. Just one? I respect They the need to drag about five people Everybody with them, about go. ten people with them. I just want seven people in the next debate. Moving well, on. Let's talk about your president attacking Baltimore. How give tacky. Why are you giving it to me? tacky? Because I know. You're, he's in your head. He's yeah. in your head morning and noon and night. Yeah. So recently, I think this was today or maybe late yesterday, when we heard that Elijah Cummings' home was robbed, mm-hmm. Trump uh, tweeted out, really bad news, the Baltimore house of Elijah Cummings was robbed too bad. He's so tacky. He's, and he, yeah, what president behaves like this? He has no dignity. He's like I've, a child. Yes, and I've been in Elijah Cummings' neighborhood, and I'm just going to tell you, I was there for the Baltimore uprisings. Elijah Cummings is one of the most beloved. I have actually not seen somebody who's more liked among other members of Congress in both parties and just among the people in his neighborhood. Uh, to his credit, Elijah Cummings still lives in his neighborhood that he's lived and raised his family in. He still lives right on the block with regular people. They know him as Elijah, not Congressman Cummings. Respect. And when those riots were happening, when the uprisings were happening, the only person who could make people go home for that curfew was Elijah Cummings because people respect him. And by the way, there's a reason why black communities tend to be led by black people because black people are the ones charged with taking care of their own people. And there's a reason these communities are neglected because it's people of color. And so don't blame 
black communities for struggling. Fix the community. Stop depriving them. Donald Trump is taking away three million people. Right. Give them the resources. Stop and who taking owns, their resources. Who's the landlords? That's what a I want to know. Places. And you know who was a slumlord? Donald Trump and his, his daddy and his son-in-law, his Jared son-in-law. Kushner, in exactly. Baltimore. Boop. Stop being a slumlord. I can't. Boop. Elijah Cummings is. Boop. We owe him so much gratitude and respect for how he's conducted himself. But what I want to know is, I don't know how long ago this was, but Elijah Cummings was. Um, overseeing a committee, and they were so disrespectful to him. But he was saying that somebody on that committee with him, this Republican congressman, Mark Meadows, saying, who was a Republican, and never said anything Didn't in defense yep. of Donald Trump calling his neighborhood rat and rodent infested. And said, well, neither one of them are racist. <clears throat> Shut up, uh, Meadows. Come You're trying on, to say man. that he's your closest friend. That was Go tacky. away. You didn't help him. Tacky. He's basically the same way that Lindsey Graham is toward the late John McCain, where he didn't defend him. Defend I your know. people, Republicans. Y'all I got know. no dignity, no honor. And the way Bye-bye. Elijah Cummings stood up for him, I was like you are off the Christmas And he list. stood up for him after he showed a black lady Thank physically you. as a document Thank of Donald you. Trump not being racist. Stood up like for him. Like she was a bomb. And defended him. And he mm. can't stand up for Elijah Cummings mm. with this Republican. Not a real friend. Come on, man. Moving on. Moving on. Megan Markle, Love our her. girl. Love her. Princess to me. Our princess. Duchess. You can call her what you want to. She's a princess to me. She's our princess. So she is the guest editor of the September issue of British Vogue. We'll be buying it. And, of course, and framing it. Did yes. a fantastic job in yes. it. You'll find a one-on-one interview with her and our still reigning first lady, Michelle Obama. Forever first lady. Forever first lady. She did an amazing cover, which um, included, um, we were just talking about her, uh, Laverne Cox. Yes. As the first trans woman to be on the cover of British Vogue. Yes. It's a collection of photographs of women and then a mirror in the middle so you can see yourself yes. as an agent of change. Fab- Fabulous. Yeah, so we really love Megan. Thing. I think she's revolutionized the royal family. She's I made the royal so family better in the same way Diana did. Yeah, because the newness and freshness of her as for as um as a as a princess. We're yes. still calling her princess she's as the duchess. To me, I feel as like a she, royal, right? And she's made the family modern. And I love Harry. He's my favorite royal. He's, He's made mistakes. They're hand in hand doing these things. They're wonderful. And he yeah. made a statement this week that I thought was so smart where he hmm. said, even if people don't think of themselves as racist, you may not be aware that the things you're saying and the things that you're expressing are racism and you need to become more in touch with who you are. He was talking to white people. Unless you're Donald was, Trump because then you know you're a racist. Then you know and you're proud of it. You're proud but of it. But for him, he was talking to white people who may not think of themselves as racist but who may do things that are racist. He literally said to other white people, you need to start being more aware of the things you're saying and doing that in your mind may not be racist, but they are. I love Harry. I'm Team Harry 100%. And, and Team hope, Megan. And I hope the British press gets wind of that because the way that they continue to treat Megan Markle Horrible. Horrible. Is, is so uh, deeply uh, rooted in racism. And it we love baby crazy. Archie. I hope baby Archie grows up to be a little black boy with bright red hair. I hope hair. he has little red dreads. I want red dreads <laughs> on Archie. <laughs> red dreads. That's my baby. But that's you know, my people are criticizing Megan for not including the queen. Whatever. For for she and Harry saying things like they only want two kids because they don't want to increase the world population. Like they're finding reasons they to find criticize her. They find every reason to criticize her. <clears throat> Leave her it's alone. Crazy. Leave her alone. By the way, she's making your country better and making your country more modern. Thank Leave you. her alone. And she's coming out with a clothing line. So hey. we need to fly to London because it will only be sh- be sold in British department stores. Road trip. So we need to take a road trip because I know you trip. got family there so we can save money on hotels. We can save money on food too. They will feed you, baby. They oh, West they got Indian. You don't get that Jamaican. Oh, well, we'll make some Jamaican vegan. Don't make vegan Jamaican. Why are you winking at me? (laughs) (laughs) Jerk. (laughs) 
Cauliflower. Cauliflower. Jerk cauliflower. cauliflower. Yes. Jerk cauliflower. It's going to be amazing. So the voice that you hear here on Read This, Read That is Alicia Reiner. She is best known as Fig on the Netflix comedy drama series Orange is the New Black, which just <clears throat> launched its final season. <laughs> I know. I know. She won a Screen Actors Guild Award for her role as part of the ensemble cast. Um... And we know her for so many things, and you're, you've been on on Broadway, on, uh, in some off-Broadway productions. You've been in this great movie, Egg, which I love so much. So many things that you you are involved in, but we're glad to have you here now. I'm thrilled to be here. Welcome. Can you say any, like, okay, so the new season just launched Friday. Are you? I hope everyone can hear the rosé being poured. I, I hope so. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Cheers to and that. Cheers. Clink, 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 clink. Welcome. Clink and clink. Thank you. So, are you sworn to secrecy? Or like, how can you talk about what's happened in the first two, three episodes? Um, I think at this point, because it's out, I'm allowed to say kind of anything. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. I love so that. So we can talk about. Anything. I love that. We just have to say spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah, oh, give people okay. a minute. But walk away. I'm down yeah. with that. I'm yeah. down with that. So how does it feel for this to be coming to an end? What seven seasons, right? It, yes. It it feels deeply sad because yeah. you do become a family. Yeah. And um and I think for me I am most sad because doing work and creating art that is in fact about change and activism is the biggest gift an artist can get. Yeah. And to create awareness about the criminal justice system or injustice system, as yeah. it were, and the industrial prison complex, and then how that relates to our immigration crisis yeah. and undocumented people. Um, is deeply important to me. Yeah. And I only wish, pray, beg of the universe that I get to do that again soon. Yeah. yeah. It's um, interesting that you're actually here on the day that a judge um, came out and said that the <coughs> police officer who killed Eric Garner should be fired. So you have all these criminal justice related issues that are like yeah. on the job yeah. today, too. Yeah. Um, but in terms of Orange is the Black, is that what you, what is the legacy do you think? That this show is going to have because it is the actually the first real binge watching. It's the first time I ever really well, understood it, about binge watching was that. But what's the broke, bigger legacy? I feel like it broke the mold in a, in so many ways. When yeah. I first got the job, I'll never forget a casting director. My husband was like bragging and saying like Alicia got this amazing job on Jenji Cohen's new show, and and he said, "Well, good luck with that little web series." <laughs> Um, and because there were no streamers, Netflix yeah. was still mailing DVDs yeah. at this point. And oh so God. we broke the mold. I will never forget the first, um, the first season. We weren't allowed to say the word binge. Really, we, that we were not meant to use that word. It had a negative connotation, oh, right? Um, and we were supposed to, you know, talk about that. You can watch however you want. You can watch in a single set. And I would always say, you know, it's like some people like to eat a gallon of ice cream at a time. And some people can have a gallon of ice cream in their house for a year. Right. You get to enjoy Netflix however you, you like want. to enjoy things, which is really good. cool. Yeah. Um, but we were one of the first. And, yeah. and our show specifically was one of the first. So that's obviously a game changer. And streamers just weren't there. There was no Amazon. There was no, no Hulu. Like, it's insane to me. I can still remember because... because 
Orange is the New Black is the first time that I did the thing where I would be up at 2 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and be like, just one more. Mm. And that for to me, it was the just one and more. That, and they then you started, could make a choice. Yeah, they started. They start it without you even like. Well, it's like, at first they yeah, didn't, but then it, it started where it down. just rolls mm-hmm. into the next episode. No. You can even skip the intro. It's just like, come it's on, like man. A drug. I think yeah. I watched the first season. It's like in a one drug go. IV. Yeah, <laughs> all night. It's like a drug. <laughs> totally, totally. It so, um, that obviously we changed the game in that way. I think for me, one of the other huge pieces of it was no one had seen that many women, that many such. A, a diverse cast, yeah. both obviously, racially, you know, racially, religiously, um, age-wise, size-wise, the, uh, size-wise, LGBTQ. You know, we had an incredible storyline yeah. about a trans woman, and we've we've never seen that yeah. before. Where, like, we really talked about what it means to be a trans woman having a conversation with your son yeah. about what it was like to be a man, like. Your the wife. Deep, yeah, deep, All of deep. That was one of the best beautiful, episodes, by the way. Yeah. Beautiful storylines. Yeah. Um, and then additionally to be talking about criminal justice. Mm-hmm. And then additionally to talk about the immigration crisis, which I think were the first show to really go there mm-hmm. in the way that we have this season. And you kind of teased it at the end of last season. Yeah. But yeah. this season you really go in and your and the, character is key um, in this storyline. The thing that I is deeply important for me to say because I've been very active around immigration and I went to the border a couple weeks ago and I'm working with um, a great organization here in New York City called Action Potluck where you can essentially adopt a family and with a community help a family who has just immigrated and get their feet on the ground. So it's sort of how do you be the opposite of our current administration, yeah. boots on the ground on a daily basis? So I spent my day today researching housing and researching schools and, you know, for, for a family just coming in. And um, what, what I have learned and what I, is so important to say is poly, the polycon, you know, on the show, in real life, those private prisons and private organizations are making $775 per day per person. Mm -hmm. That is more than I've paid for most hotel Hotel. rooms in my life. It's about $300 more than the nightly rate to stay at Trump's hotel in D.C. So you could actually put up all of those migrants in Donald Trump's hotel for cheaper yeah. or at the Ritz-Carlton for cheaper mm-hmm. than what they're paying for because and, it's a profit-making enterprise. And they're being enterprise. treated horrifically. horrifically. And, 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 and I think the thing that what I've learned that's so horrific is the illness that's yes. coming out of it, which then is also costing our country. Yeah. You know, what our current administration has done is it's all of these costs that— private prisons and private organizations are making, they are making the money, and we as taxpayers are paying that money. Absolutely. And so we we are paying for this crisis. And by the way, the eighth person died. um, We got the report this week that an eighth man died in CPB custody and border protection custody and died in front of his child, Uh, who I think uh, was either six uh. or seven years old. It is heartbreaking (laughs) to watch what unfolds with this storyline on this season of Orange is the New Black, I have to tell you, particularly with the children. 
um, that are a part of wow. it, or the the woman who I mean, I won't give too much yeah, away. Yeah, but I, what I can pregnant. say is, we we there is a scene in a courtroom with children, and my character is affected, but she keeps it together because that's big. Mm-hmm. I, Alicia, walked into that imaginary circumstance mm-hmm. and was, even though it was pretend, <laughs> right. We did the scene twice, and after three times, it was the first time I had, like, a, a set had to shut down because I couldn't stop crying. Yeah. I started hyperventilating. I couldn't, like, we had to take five, and I couldn't breathe because just knowing, and our writers had told us, she actually, Christina um, wrote, and Carolina wrote um, an incredible article about this that you guys should read. They didn't even go as dark as they, they went. Didn't. They went to detention centers. They yeah. went to shelters. They said they didn't go as dark it as it actually is yeah. in this moment. Now you yeah. uh, you came to this show as an activist, but how has it changed you as an actress? Oh my God! Well, uh, Moving ooh, forward yeah. and roles that you will, and your producer as well, mm-hmm. roles that you will, you know, create and and take on. I think. I've always wanted to tell stories that other people are afraid to tell and to tell stories of the underdog and to tell stories about and by women and for women. Like that's always been the dream. And, you know, I have been so lucky to be part of this show, to be part of better things. Um, You know, how to get away with murder. There's these like amazing female driven shows um and i hope i get hired to do more of that for sure as a producer i will absolutely and i am absolutely i have a bunch of stuff in development that is that very much is that and yeah. can, can you talk just a little bit about the ways that the arts because the arts has really stood strong in this era and it's become mm-hmm. really important mm-hmm. whether it's the visual arts even yeah. cartoonists are like going hard totally. about what's happening yeah. and so the arts i feel is actually doing what we classically have seen throughout like tough moments in in the world they're doing it it it's Y'all so true it. yeah and i I love it. Um, I was part of, um, I'm part of a, a group that did the reading of the, the Mueller report. The Mueller report yeah. And we did like a little campaign with like a fake audition using the actual <laughs> lines, you know, just so people understand. And it is also deeply important to laugh. You know, I, I find it so ridiculous, like with the Michelle Wolf comment and oh, how, how that ended yeah. because we have to laugh at it. Well, and by the way, can I just say that our profession, my profession, the news media, the poo-pooing and tisk-tisking of Michelle Wolf was absurd. I agree. Give us no, a I'm break. Sorry. The woman yeah. was hilarious. It was one of the funniest bits that we've seen at the at the Correspondence Center. Having been to the Correspondence Center, it was one of the best ones. Get over yourselves, media. You don't have to protect Donald Trump from a freaking comedian. If you can't, I can't handle the a comedian, court, I know. the White House press corps folded hilarious. the way that they did. Yeah. But it's, oh. you know, I think it's so important that artists be truth tellers in this moment mm-hmm. and that we entertain and be funny. Like, there's, I've never felt the need for humor. Like, I know at the end of the my day, Sometimes I can't watch Handmaid's Tale, oh, and I, I have to watch. I haven't so been you know, able like, to do this so season. Good. I haven't been able to. I keep trying to start it, but I can't take I it can't. right it's now. Good, I can't. Not right now. The good people start winning, so watch I need it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't. It takes I, a turn. Yeah, I. 
I seriously haven't been able to watch new seasons. So what do you do on a set, like, dealing with, you you talked about that day in the courtroom with the children on Orange is the New Black, that set, and how you were just, you know, just uncontrollably crying. Like, how do you all balance that on set? Are there moments where you guys are kind of laughing and having fun? That day didn't feel Not very that fun. Day. Not that day. <laughs> but in general, day, but in yes, general. absolutely. You're dealing it's with a joyful, life. joyful group of humans. Yeah. Um, and you have to keep your levity about you. Um, and for me, I think there is a, um, a levity in taking action. Mm. When I'm... When I know... You know, when I spend hours in a day doing research on, you know, how do I help this family... And it's one family, but I feel better at the end of the day. Yeah, I feel like I did, I did, I did what I could. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that helps me sleep at night. And what exactly do you do for the family? Explain that in a little more detail. Um, It's it's so it really depends on each situation, and I actually can't go into that much detail because there's a lot of privacy issues. Okay, but essentially you. There's ways to adopt family. You know, pe- people are the families that do get through the first level gotcha. of the detention center. Like, they're let out of the detention center, and then they have to make their way. And so, for example, the shelter that I went to on the border, which is Jewish Family Services of San Diego, every night ICE drops off a busload of people that have nothing. They've they've basically been stripped of their clothes because their clothes were all dirty. They and, take everything, yep. yeah. And so Jewish family, and these busloads can be anywhere from like 50 people to 500 people every single night. Mm-hmm. And Jewish Family Services is committed to getting them each a, a full set of clothes, a warm meal, um, helping them you know, provide medical services if they need it, some um, suggestions around lawyers. If you are a lawyer, I mean, yeah. we need immigration lawyers so badly. And yeah. they're also, if you're a regular lawyer and you want to help, there's um, very quick trainings to be able to help in this situation. If you can translate, that's something that is so deeply needed right yeah. now. So um, that's what Jewish Family Services does and then helps them get a bus a bus ticket to wherever They've said they have family, which is how yeah. they were released. That's but how somebody takes they're them. even if they're released, like they still there's so many hoops to dr- jump through before they become a documented person in this right. country. So they could be deported at any moment, and it's really scary for them. So part of it is in this case, there's a family, and I again can't really yeah, say yeah, anything, but um, creating. Like, how do we create a network? Imagine coming into this country, you know nobody. Um, and you have you're nothing. Fl- and you have nothing. And one thing that I think a lot of people are like, why do these people come? Like, it's clear that they're not wanted here, yeah. right? People don't come. People don't leave their homes unless things are so messed up that yeah. they don't have a choice. Well, so the family we're dealing with is like massive yeah. domestic violence situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, or gang violence. Yeah. I mean, re- the, the funny thing is whenever people ask that question to me, I usually say, well, why did Mary and Joseph leave? 
yeah. Judea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you That's think about great, it, right, yeah. they left under the threat of death. Yeah. That's what drove that family, Jesus's family, the family to leave, yeah. or Moses's yeah. family, where they right. were putting the red yeah. blood on the door. Yes. You leave because you're going to die. That's, and it's funny that people hmm. like Tammy Lauren, I don't know what her name is, Tammy. Don't talk about her on <laughs> but, but or like they're like, you're a bad parent. No, you're the best parent. Because if you you're leave, it means you will do anything for your child. Correct. And if and I'm sorry, if you if my kids were going to die in Guatemala, I'm getting the hell out of Guatemala. I'm going wherever I have to go. One that of the, is a good parent. Yeah, an amazing parent yes. and, a, and a bold, daring, courageous yes. parent. Because otherwise you stay and die. And yeah. for a lot of these people, it's leave or stay and die or Correct. watch your children die Correct. or watch your sons be recruited as 10-year-olds into gangs. So one of the families that I met at um, at the shelter on the border the mother left because their daughter was very smart and got a scholarship at a very expensive school. So the gangs came and said, okay, we want $10,000. And she's like, whoa, whoa, we got a scholarship. Like, we don't have that money. And he said, well, get that money or I'm kidnapping your child. And she was like, we, we have no way of getting that money. Okay, then your husband will have to come work for us and he will have to be a gun runner for us. And then they're like, they have no choice. They know where they live. They know where the daughter right. goes to school. They're going to kidnap their child. Right. So the option is stay and let your child be kidnapped right. or flee to a country that doesn't want you and right. where the president... Or let the father of the family risk his life right. being a gun, yeah. gun runner yeah. and a right. criminal. And yeah. probably die. Forced and probably to be die. a criminal and probably yeah. die. And the other thing that was brought to my attention that I never understood and really helped me is... Because someone asked this woman, like, why, why now? And the other piece of it is that the information that people are getting in other countries is the border may close forever. Right. You don't come now. So it's now or never. So if anything, it's come now because this might be your last chance. Right. So it's. Almost having the opposite. It's ironic, and you know, we Cal Perry, who's one of our reporters at NBC, said the exact same thing: that the messages that the current administration is sending that they think will deter people are actually attracting people because people feel like there's a deadline and that they have to come now. So everyone's coming. That the wall is coming. Right. They think the wall is going to go up, and so people are hearing a different message than what this administration thinks they're hearing. And they're coming even at the risk, even though they know they're taking people's kids, people are taking a chance because they're hoping if they take the kid, at least the kid will be there. So, I mean, it's very heroic. People are willing, they know they could lose their kid, but then they think, but the child will be in America. Well, that's terrifying. I want to switch gears for a minute because, Alicia, you also have something very interesting going on in your life. I was telling Joanne uh, before you came about it. Tell us about the uniqueness of your home. Um, <laughs> my green home. You environmentalist. You. My environmentalist. I, I, there's so many like fires I want to put out in on the planet right now. Right. Do you know what I mean? So you feel we like bought the president. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so we bought we bought um we bought this place out of foreclosure in 2005, I think it was, and um it was an abandoned ex crack house. Um, it was no windows, no doors, no electric, no plumbing, no roof. Um, all of the windows were bricked in and the the front door was like a roll down gate. Wow. Um, and it was in foreclosure and it was gonna be, you know, sold on, on auction. 
And we had no idea what we were doing, similar to having children. We were like, if I had known, I don't know if I would have done this because it's really hard. Um, and we and we built green and we built green sort of before a lot of people built green yeah. and used it as we partnered with Dwell Magazine and used it sort of as a teaching tool to teach people how to green build green affordably. Um, and it's we're still playing with it. We just built a... Uh, I still want to like we to bring like the cameras to the backyard. Yeah, we just built my husband and daughter just built a tree house in our backyard, Aww. and we used, oh, you know, I, I'm sure you guys get so many DVDs like for the awards and Don't everything. Tell me. So we made the roofing DVDs. <laughs> That was like my David and Liv basically built the entire thing, and my one contribution was the idea and actually putting on the roofing yeah. tile. <laughs> um, and it looks so cool, That's and so we cool. it looks so cool. We might cover the whole thing with DVDs. That's awesome! That's really fun. Yeah, That's how fantastic. cool was that? Yeah. That's so smart. But some of the features in your house that that you all did, if you can just give people an we idea, we did radiant of what... heating, we did double flush toilets, we did um, bamboo floors, all almost all the furniture. You know, obviously, energy efficient appliances, like our fan system, all of our lighting is LED. Um, it, originally, it was uh, fluorescent, but now it's all LED. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a That's lot really of, smart. And you know, it's funny it really that you're, is. as you're saying that, what I truly don't understand in this country is why this isn't the way that people all want to get rich in the future. Because if you go to China, you go even to India, this is what they're doing. They're harnessing things like solar. Mm -hmm. They're macking in this market totally. of doing full we're, green technology and getting so off oil. And we're fashion. we're still working with 20s. coal. I know. We're it in is the 20s. disgusting. Trump it is disgusting. It's Save the coal and it's, industry. you know, it's like, I'm also, I love, um, I'm very into food waste because, um, I don't know if you know this, but Americans waste $214 billion a year. So I wait, see a documentary wait, wait. on this. Do you dumpster dive or do you? I know so you I compost. do a couple. I compost. And actually, one of David's, my husband's biggest gifts to me is he got the city. He, we have our own composting like garbage. So the city actually picks up our compost because I used to have to like bring our compost to a right. local garden. And now the city is picking up compost more and more. And if you apply, they'll give you your own compost dumpster and they'll pick it up once a week. What? I need right? that. That's so, so yeah, smart. if you, I can't remember what the, if you like Google compost NYC, NYC. Gov. Yeah. Oh, and it's you one can of apply for my it. pet peeves is how much food. When, when we stopped cooking, honestly, for our, our kids are grown. Yeah. But we're just like, we refuse to cook because the thing that really bugs me more than almost anything else is wasted food. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I used to trick them when that when our kids were younger. It would be like, tonight it's grilled chicken. And then tomorrow night it's it's jerk chicken pasta. Right, exactly. <laughs> and they're like, chicken chili. Yeah. Chicken chili. Like we add anything not to waste food. But you're absolutely right. The amount of food we just pitch in the garbage, the restaurants yep. and Homes. So I'm. Um, I made this little PSA with the NRDC and the Ad Council, what called Fridgerade, because so my friends know that when I come to their house, they'll be like, "Let's order it," and I'll be like, "Let's just see what's in the house." Like, yeah. let's look, and I'll be able to make a meal with what's in the refrigerator, and they'll be like, "But there's nothing in there." Um, and I'm really good at that. So I made this little video Girl, that's doing show. that, that's right? Well, exactly. So I made this video, and. I may have been like five steps ahead thinking, okay, we'll make this video and then it'll be a point of like proof of concept. Yeah. And I'm now developing the show for, with Voodoo. Yes. 
and it's going to be a food competition show. Ooh, I so like we're going to have like people compete, and we're trying to decide: Are we going to do it in a kitchen? Are we going to have like different celebrities' fridges that you oh, open? Or is it, yeah, right? Or are we going to go to rest different restaurants yeah. and people have to compete With of what's like in the fridge? Yeah. This is genius. I love it. It'll be really fun. And really teaching people because my big thing is I don't believe in fear and shame. We have so much fear and shame in our world right now. The last thing we need is more fear and shame. Yeah. So let's use joy. Like, you know, my my chorus that I'm going to go sing with right now, our our motto is. I do. I genuinely think you should run for president. Wait, tell her about the chorus. It's called the Resistance Revival Chorus. We sing as an act of resistance. And our our motto is joy is an act of resistance. And we, so for example, we sing at protests. We sang at the Women's March. We sang at the abortion protests. We, so that means. I remember you did sing at the Women's March. Yeah, we're always wearing white. Yeah. yeah. We, this year we sang with AOC. It was so yeah. cool. So this is why you have on all white right this now. This is why. Because I'm, I'm on my way to the park. We're, we're singing at um, Pier 45 tonight. Uh, the dress is gorgeous. And by, you. and you're wearing your um, suffragette white. I know. Yeah, that's exactly. And then we all have our resistance necklace. Yes. I love it. Well, Alicia, oh. this has been wonderful. You are now a friend of the show. You have oh, to come back anytime. And we'll it. have rosé for you. Always. Yes. Or anything else you want to drink. Okay. But thank you so much. And you guys can Pleasure. check out the final season of Orange is the New Black on Netflix right now. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Such a joy. All right. Well, that does it for this week's Read This, (laughs) Read That. We're so glad that you joined us, but don't stop there. Join us on social media. Don't leave us behind when you go on your Twitter and Instagram and Even Facebook. Even though we need to be more active on our social media. And well, we're, listen, we're working on it, but it takes busy. a village. We busy. And it takes understanding and love. It does. Just come on by. And cauliflower. Yes. And turn off your Alexa before it kills you. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You can't get nobody talking to you. <laughs> Jackie on the Tom Joyner Morning Show Tuesdays and Fridays at 8.15 a.m. If Alexa don't kill her. Uh, and the New York Live Show on Alexa, New York, I love you. in the New York area Monday through Friday at 11.30 a.m. If Alexa don't lock her in her house. Alexa you can also catch friend. her on the hub today. You got to say that. In Boston at 12.30 p.m. If Alexa don't, if he lets her go to Boston. Stop it. And you can also catch She's everywhere. Serious Progress on Saturdays at 2 p.m. And on Sundays at 9 a.m. EST. But she has to ask Alexa permission first. Alexa, may I love you. <laughs> and you can catch my cousin Joy Ann Reed on AM Joy this weekend, 10 a.m. until noon Eastern Standard Time, where she is just going to have fabulous guests yes. and fabulous conversation about what is going on in this country, things that we definitely need to know about. And get your butt over to M- Amazon and purchase her New York Times selling book, yes. The Man Who Sold America. Yes, please do. My- and that. Huh? I was going to say, and you also have an, we did, I don't know if you and Chris talked about it last week, I don't think you did, but you also have an Emmy nomination. I am so excited about it. Yeah, so Chris Hayes and I did a special about race in America. Yes. It got nominated for Emmy. It's the first time I've ever been nominated for Emmy. I'm so excited, Yay. and uh, I cannot wait, mainly for my dress. Are you going to the Emmys? Baby, yes. Yay. I'm about to diet. That's what I'm dieting. Okay, I'm going to tie Jason up in the basement, and I'm going <laughs> as your date. <laughs> Maybe Alexa will do it for you. Shut up. <laughs> Lee, don't talk about my girl Alexa. Don't well, talk about can't the talk about it. You and Alexa. Her. Okay, we, Chris and I handled that last week. That doesn't I'll tell your friends to subscribe. Please subscribe. You can subscribe anywhere that you get yes. your podcast. Of course, you should you should um, follow us at Read This Read That on on Twitter. You can call that Read This Read That. 
Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.